Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything. Life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. In this episode... We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, uh, Elon Musk and takeover of Twitter that was in the news cycle and a little bit about freedom of speech once again. Um, I haven't been on in about five weeks. Um, I had a, uh, a tragedy in my life. Uh, a good friend of mine of 45 years uh, passed away last April 1st. And uh, anyway, it's been a, been a rough go, but... Uh, after a lot of reflection and stuff, I realized, uh, like most people do, um, how lucky you are to have individuals that are uh, in your life and for the reasons that they're in your life. Um, anyway, I also reflected on some of the motivational messages that I've left myself over the course of the last couple of years on my message board, um, but motivational stuff about life and loss anyway puts things into perspective anyway on a different note like i said i will be talking about elon musk his twitter takeover and freedom of speech okay so i'm going to do a little bit of a chronological order of elon taking over uh, twitter and how it started Uh, in the last several weeks uh, in the news cycle uh, it's been full of stories about Elon Musk purchasing shares in Twitter uh, to actually actually buying uh, it outright for about $43 billion. Uh, Elon first uh, started, you know, having thoughts about uh, first taking some shares out uh, in Twitter, and he actually did, and the amount was 9.2% total. So Elon actually was the highest shareholder in Twitter, and he owned uh, more than the, the company uh, – more of the company than all the other board members combined for all their shares. Anyway, here's a little news clip about uh, the news. Some of the news media just talking about Elon buying shares, and of course, um, about the board members' shares. Uh, have a look. Twitter shares—they are surging right now, up a little over 25 percent. This because Tesla CEO Elon Musk has now taken a passive stake in Twitter. That's according to a new SEC filing. The filing says his stake amounts to. of Twitter's common stock. I don't know what you think. I mean, just a week ago, here he was saying that he wanted to start his own. Clearly, he's not doing that. He's doing this. A list of Twitter board members and how much they own of the company. Needless to say, nobody came close to Musk's holdings. Elon Musk has uh, replied to the data with this, and I quote, With Jack departing, the Twitter board collectively owns almost no shares. Objectively, their economic interests are simply not aligned with shareholders, end of quote. Now, this is bound to cause some stir in the San Francisco headquarters. All right, so on April 5th, they offered Elon a board member seat. So um, this, this tweet went out and said, I'm excited to share that we are appointing Elon Musk to our board uh, through conversation with Elon in recent weeks. It became clear to us that he would bring great value to our board. And then on April 10th, Elon declined that offer. Then on April 14th, Elon made his offer of $43 billion to purchase Twitter. 
And uh, in Elon's tweet, of course, he said, I made an offer. And after this offer of $43 billion, the board members on April 15th, the next day of the offer, they tried to introduce what is called a poison pill. Now, if you don't know what the poison pill is, it's explained here in this video. I'll just uh, post this and you can have a look at this and better explain it. Have a look. Today we're going to go over what exactly Twitter's poison pill means, why Elon Musk is so at odds with Twitter's board, and what Twitter's troubled financial position means for its future. So what exactly is a poison pill? A poison pill is a so-called shareholder rights plan that essentially makes a company's stock unattractive to a prospective hostile takeover. Usually, they stipulate that if any person or entity builds up a large enough stake in the company, then the existing shareholders can buy additional shares at a discounted price. The entity acquiring the large stake is excluded from the offering. When that happens, the existing shareholders' stakes in the company essentially can go up for free or at a highly reduced price, diluting the share of the entity doing the takeover. That means that the entity doing the takeover will have to pay much more to continue increasing their stake in the company, because suddenly it takes a lot more shares of the stock to gain the same percentage ownership. So interesting that they would not want Elon to purchase their company. Now Elon knows that the board members in any company have what is called a fiduciary responsibility. It's a big word for it's their obligation to their shareholders. They, their shareholders, they have to keep their their shareholders in best interest in mind always, and uh, that's above all. So Elon was offering to purchase Twitter for fifty four twenty a share. Uh, it was basically above what it it was even worth at the time, and of course the company didn't even want to accept that. So why would the company not want to sell uh, and make a nice profit for their shareholders? Good question to ask. And finally, knowing what they, why they had uh, no way out of this offer and they had to go, away, uh, go ahead with Elon Musk's offer because they had no other better offer. And of course, they had a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. So they finally did accept his offer of $44 billion for Twitter. Now, the reason why it was $44 billion was because it was a billion dollars if he uh, dropped out of the deal. And it was, uh, sorry, a billion dollars if he dropped out of the deal and another billion, a billion dollars if he went through with it. So that's why it was $44 billion. So it was a win-win for the uh, Twitter, Twitter group. So 10 days after his initial offer on April 25th, 2022, Elon purchased, uh, purchased Twitter. And here's a little video clip of that. Elon Musk has bought Twitter for approximately $44 billion. He's going to be paying each share of Twitter $54.20. Um, in a statement released by the company, Mr. Musk said, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating these spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. So since the purchase went through, everyone had... Uh, has a nice take on what Elon Musk is trying to do. The left, they're absolutely losing their minds, and they're thinking that, you know, he could sway elections. Imagine that. That's kind of rich coming from the ones who actually did censor the Hunter Biden laptop story and ban the New York Times story just before the election. 
So here's a post from the Daily Mail. It's about uh, it's uh, the New York Post saying Twitter is holding account hostages, as uh, the paper told uh, about deleting links and the Hunter Biden email story. And here's a newspaper clip from October 2020. It literally says New York Post says Twitter is holding its account hostage as paper is told they must delete links to the Hunter Biden email story, even though uh, the site lifted ban on sharing bombshell report. So there's a bunch of links that were that the newspaper of New York Post actually uh, posted. Twitter basically said to them, take this down, and they actually banned their Twitter account. So that's kind of uh, hypocritical, if you ask me, because they were just saying that Elon could, you know, control the outcomes of elections or, or what have you. So something to think about there. So uh, this year's polls also stated that 16% of the voters would have not have voted for uh, Joe Biden if they knew this story and the media had done their job. So a little flashback. Uh, let's post this as well. 16% uh, of Biden voters would have voted differently if Hunter Biden's laptop story was not suppressed by media and big tech. So suppose, so suppose what and when, uh, suppressed what and when, Twitter and Facebook suppressed a story that was true. And right now the Hunter Biden is under investigation for the exact same story from 2020. So there's, these are all the things to consider, of course, when everyone's jumping on Elon about, uh, about freedom of speech and how he's going to control Twitter. Anyway, so Elon Musk is a freedom of speech for the people. He, he believes in people have the right to speak freely. And why do Democrats in the states, they, they want to censor this. And it's the First Amendment right in the states, of course, for freedom of speech. And liberals here in Canada, of course, want to suppress our freedom of speech with Bill C, what used to be called Bill C-10. Now it's Bill C-11. They're going to try to push it through again, just under a different name. But uh, like I've said before, quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, it's a duck. Um, so Elon, uh, he also tweeted this out about free speech. He said, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. Uh, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. Said Mr. Musk, I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features and making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots and authenticating all human beings. Twitter has tremendous potential and I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock this. And that's basically what uh, Elon uh, posted in a, in a tweet. Uh, freedom of speech is under the Constitution of the United States is a First Amendment, says this, to express information, ideas, and open opinions free of government restrictions based on content. So that's basically what that is in a nutshell in the states. Canadians' freedom under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms is as follows. Fundamental freedoms, number two, everyone has the fundamental freedoms. A, freedom of conscience and religion. B, freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press and other media communication. C, freedom of peaceful assembly. And D, freedom of association. That's in the Charter of Rights in Canada. Now, this is one of the reasons in Canada that Bill C-11 should not be passed, that the government uh, and this government is going against our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, of course. So 
once again, get a hold of your MPs, MPPs, and tell them how much you disapprove of this type of behavior from the government wanting to slam something down our throat that we do not want. So I've spoken about this bill before, about the C-11, of course, another podcast. And basically, in a nutshell, it's just the government uh, wants to regulate the Internet. And uh, my question would be, why? Is this for the betterment of uh, humanity in Canada and the world? Or is this better for the government? Once again, I've said before, when they do things, do they do it for their benefit or they do it for our best interests, right? So it's a good question to ask. Because freedom of speech and freedom to move freely or to have and say what happens to your body, fundamentally, freedoms that all humans on this planet should have, in my opinion. So here's Elon Musk actually describing about freedom of speech in a video, and he was at a TED Talk, and uh, the interviewer asked him about what he believed freedom of speech was, and he sums it up really well, and uh, it's something you can tell other people about. So have a look at this. Well, I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech, uh, where all, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Um, so uh, it, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, and a good sign as to whether so there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like? And if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. So once again, why do the media not want to let free-thinking human beings have simply the ability to speak freely? So discussing or... Uh, problems or things in this world and uh, to solve things to get things done resolving issues for uh, better hopefully and come out with solutions to those problems right censoring people or, or stifling opinions just because you don't like that person's opinion well but it's not saying much about uh, good practice uh, about a conversation in regards to get things done to get things accomplished um, to be able to sit down at a table with a bunch of people speak freely and uh, to hash out ideas um, the news media over the last four years, for instance, actually during, during the Trump administration, basically told lies about Russia, Russia, Russia. They found these out to be from two different reports, uh, actually uh, lies. But the media, they put it out as truth and people believed it because it's coming from the media. Uh, the Mueller report was one of those reports and the Durham report was another one. They kept telling lies about Russia, and these two reports actually did like two years, three years investigations, and they found it out uh, to be a false information that they were giving people. Media outlets, they never, ever covered the Hunter Biden laptop story. Not one minute of coverage about a story that is being investigated not only by the FBI, but by the Senate hearings held by Senator Johnson and Senator Grassley. You can actually look those up. There was numerous... Um, uh, media's it never even covered the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, laptop story. It was CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, and they completely avoided um, the New York Times report verifying laptops of the, uh, from 2020. That was actually in the New York Times uh, paper. Um, 
Anyway, just uh, days after Elon Musk taking over, the Twitter uh, Democratic government in the United States created a department uh, called the Ministry of Truth. And this is straight out of George Orwell's 1984. Um, you know, Biden establishes this Ministry of Ministry of Truth. And uh, it's, it's, it's something else. Ministry of Truth. So who, who, who's the uh, gatekeeper of all these, all these truths, right? So this is where you run into problems because where do you, where do you draw the line? Who has the truth? And uh, where do you get your information from? Um, anyway. Uh, so what happened to common sense? Just using your logic uh, as a free-thinking human being. Until someone gives you information that uh, you have not seen or heard before, you make, you make up your own opinion, of course, from the subject matter and the information that you've seen or read, and then you come to your own conclusion. Simple human logic. For example, if you've watched someone fall off a cliff, and it was a 400-foot drop, and you didn't see a parachute, chances are that individual is dead. Because that's what you see in your head, almost like a magic trick, right? So the information that you know at the time, you believe that to be true. But what if later on you found out that individual actually had a parachute and maybe there was a net or a bag at the bottom of that drop and he was basically like a stuntman and he just landed on it and, and he was alive and well. It gives you a different per, you know, perception of what the truth is and what a lie is. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. I'm just kind of throwing out just a... Just an idea at you there, because with that information, it goes a long way for what you hear uh, from the media or from people that are supposed to be in, in government and you're supposed to trust these people. So just because they say stuff doesn't necessarily mean it's always always the right right thing, because you can be uh, decepted very easily just from because you trust that media, come, almost like Walter Cronkite days, because he just told it like it was, come out and just didn't give his opinion. He just go ahead and uh, went ahead and said the information that was on his paper. So everyone is using this term about misinformation, but I have never seen so much disinformation in the mainstream media in my life. Um, over and over, I've seen over the last years, and I've watched and read uh, what I thought to be true. And it was, you know, what I heard on TV, um, uh, reported by the media, and then found out later that it wasn't actually, in fact, true. Numerous, numerous things. Uh, but most media companies, they don't cover stories at all, to let alone cover them truthfully. So, uh, I have more faithful, faith in people actually filming something live with their cameras and seeing things live with their own editing, without, with no editing, sorry, uh, or any special tricks or camera tricks or something. They just, they're just filming it and they show it and then you get to see it and you can make up your own opinion. You don't, you don't need to have somebody else making up your opinion for you because those people, they post it on Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or any other social media platform and they don't work for some conglomerate and then they just post what they see and they have no skin in the game at all. So they just they just record stuff when they're a function they just, and they just post it and you get to see it and you make up your own mind. You don't need somebody else, like I said, to help you make up your mind. So anyway, in closing, I'd just like to say again, the freedom is just that, okay? It's freedom. And, and what does freedom mean? Well, Go ahead and drop me a line. What's it mean to you? Drop me a line. I'd like to hear from you. And maybe in my future podcasts, I can, uh, I can uh, post some of the stuff that you've emailed to me. You go ahead and email me uh, at uh, podcast at thesurgeeffect.ca. 
And uh, that's my email. Just go ahead and just uh, let me know what you think about freedom. And uh, later on down the road, uh, when I do another podcast on freedom, I will possibly post what you've what you've said to me everyone has a different opinion these are my opinions and uh that's why we all have discussions about stuff and uh you know hopefully come out with an amicable solution to to problems and issues and uh figure stuff out in this world that's what it's all about okay anyway that's it for today's podcast everybody okay and i hope you've learned a little bit something and uh, walk away with a little bit of something um this podcast is uh, also on rumble rumble rumble.com you can uh, check me out there you can also check me out at the surgeeffect.ca that's my web page and um you can also email me like i said at uh podcast at the surgeeffect.ca so that's it for me today everyone Uh, Have yourself a great day. Until next time, cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsshishirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, The Surge Effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.